Now back to the Pete McMurray Show. Here's Pete and Lisa. Paula Ferris is a great friend of the show. She's either taking care of her family, cooking, or working. Her new book is entitled, You Don't Have to Carry It All, Ditch the Mom Guilt and Find a Better Way Forward. And Paula Ferris joins us now. How are you? Hi, Pete. I got to say, I'm not doing so much of that cooking lately. And you know, I, I love food, but I actually don't like to cook. So... I just feel like I need to set the record straight there. What? Mm-hmm. A I know Lebanese, Lebanese girl. Yep, I, I do not enjoy cooking. I don't. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not going to try to fake it anymore. Give my mother mm-hmm. Betty Ann on the hotline. But listen, Pete, that is the whole point of this book. Is yeah, that Pete. She does not have to be the cook and the lover of I the food. She it. can just love the food. That's right, Lisa. It, and, you know, outsource. Pete, I'm not trying to carry it all anymore. I understand. I'm not trying to be that perfect mom. I, I'm dropping the perfectionism. Every time we have you on, I feel like I need to become a better person. So I feel bad about myself <laughs> even before we have you on. First of all, I need to mention this. I follow you on Instagram. I love your Instagram, which I'm going to refer to a few times. But okay. you posted a picture with your daughter at Target. She yeah. looks exactly like you. You think? See, I think she looks like her dad, but what's creepy is my husband and I look alike. Wow. My husband and I look like brother and sister. Uh Uh-oh. But also the Lebanese jeans are strong. I'm half Lebanese. She's 25%. Yes, the Lebanese jeans are very strong. They are, man. I I had to laser my back for 20 years, Paula. I'm still still lasering (laughs) all over. My kids know that they have two jobs when I'm older. Okay? Change my diaper and wax my mustache. Literally, you you can ask all all three of my kids, what are mommy's two requests when she's older? And they they know it like that. Uh. Wax mommy's lip and change your diaper. (laughs) And people think it's a joke, but it's so true because there's certain things that we value about our appearance and that mm-hmm. even as we age, even if our fa- mental faculties are not there, we do not want to be presented in a way that doesn't agree with us. A hundred percent. And Lebanese women, we've got hair where we don't want it. My aunt <laughs> who passed away, her daughter's when she was lying in her coffin, we're tweezing her face. Oh, no. <laughs> See, it never Tweezing her ends. face. I am oh, dead serious because God. we take it so, like, we don't want unwanted hair. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. It's And a, it's everywhere. It's mm-hmm. a running joke. I have seven brothers. It's a running joke. Who is going to trim my chest when I turn 90? That's <laughs> the running joke right there. My dad was so hairy. He looked like oh, a bear. Man, so gosh, hairy. we could do an entire show I know, on I know, hair maintenance. On Lebanese we really hair could. Lebanese. I know. I mean, I, yeah, Lebanese men are very attractive, but they're hairy. <laughs> As the blonde woman here with eyebrows so light, you can barely see them. I'm really feeling left out of this hair conversation. I'm sorry. You have beautiful hair, though. <laughs> beautiful blonde hair. This is why I married a blonde to offset the hair with my son. <laughs> I swear to God, I married a Norwegian woman from northern wisconsin and that's why um the last time we spoke to you you left good morning america you left the view you had no regrets and you come out with this book you don't have to carry it all is it because after you left all your jobs you were carrying it all or how did you come up with this okay so it's you don't have to care lisa just was like shaking her head no No. it's called you don't have to carry it i'll ditch the mom guilt and find a better way forward i understand but did it hit you one day it's like god i feel like i'm doing everything around here hold on well it's it's a combination like american mothers are more burnt out than we've ever been in history and there's a reason for that so i knew as as a working mother what it felt like to be 
once I became a mother to be paid less, value less and scrutinize more. It's very real where we are paid 70 cents on the dollar. Once we become moms, we are penalized. We are passed over on promotions and we are scrutinized incredibly once we become a mother. So I decided, okay, so you know that I like pumped the brakes at ABC and then right before the pandemic, they chose not to resign me. They, they let me go. And so I had two choices in that moment, Pete, like a lot of, a lot, a lot of American moms. I lost my job at the beginning of the pandemic. Do I stay in TV news? That's safe. It's predictable. It's kind of what I'm decent at. It's all I know. Or do I, do I go for this thing? Because I have been, I, I have known for a very long time, what it's like to be a working mom in America. And I want to change the game for working moms because I think we're baddies. I do. I think there's nothing we can't do. That doesn't mean we should carry it all though. And so it was in that moment, I'm like, I've got to pursue this. I don't know what it looks like, but I want to be out there beating the drum for working moms and being their advocate and give mothers in the workplace the support that they so desperately need and deserve. And so Carrie Media was born. I don't didn't know what the hell I was doing. I'm not an entrepreneur, <laughs> not a founder, right? But I like, I got to chase you are. <laughs> But I am now, okay? Um, I'm not great at it, but like I'm taking the next step, I'm doing the next thing. But Carrie was conceived because I want to, because women are carrying, mothers are carrying so much, not just babies, we're carrying the yeah. mental load, the You're physical right. load, we're juggling so much and I wanna help carry those burdens. And then the book is is essentially a roadmap. It's a hug and a sword for a better way forward for working and momming. Moms will feel seen and they will feel empowered that there is a better way forward. I'm gonna show them what that way forward is. And then it's an invitation to you, Pete, to men, to our friends that don't have children, to in, to come and fight for us, come and be our advocate. We cannot do this alone. It can't just be working moms saying, we need more support. It, you have to be alongside of us, but we have to really establish the why. Like, why is it important? It's important because you know, if we don't have families, we don't have kids, we don't have a society. You know, if we don't have kids, we don't have a labor force, we don't have a labor force, we have an economic crisis. So it's the right thing to do. It's good for com a company's bottom line to support mothers in the workplace. And the reality is the majority of moms are working because they have to. 70% of moms will be the primary breadwinner in the home. Wow. We've got to support moms. How sad is it, though, that we felt like you had to describe the importance of mothering in the mm -hmm. terms of economic growth mm -hmm. for a company because still in this country you are mm -hmm. valued by what you produce and yeah. only if it is financial you are I not know. valued in any other way and it is so exasperating is but aren't we a family friendly country lisa don't we say that we are family first you would right? think what no yeah. we do but we don't have paid maternity leave no we don't have you know <laughs> mandated a lot of insurance plans don't even want to cover a lot of the costs of pregnancy and birth. I know and it's because pregnancy is looked at like we're looked at as a risk and a liability. And I'm like, do you really value families? Do you really no. value mothers? Here's the reality. I'm going to stop apologizing for being a mother. You should start celebrating mm -hmm. instead of scrutinizing me and penalizing me because if we don't have kids, we don't have a society. And also families, the kids that I am raising are your labor force. And if you don't have a labor force, we don't have an economy. Celebrate motherhood. Celebrate what it has done to me motherhood scientifically where the baby grew in your head or heart has changed you you have more empathy more efficiency you're more productive you're a better visionary you're a better leader you have become the ideal employee but stop holding me to archaic workplace standards measure the measurables and value me for being the badass that i how am how do you make that change how do you get that change in today's society paula 
How does that happen? Well, and before you answer that, let yeah. me just say, I grew up with this. My mother volunteered at the church while raising 12 children, then got a full-time job. I have four sisters that are working. I see my wife, Sarah, juggle working, and she's damn good at her job and is just a wonderful mother. And my mother wow. just retired last year at 87. So. Oh. My gosh. You mentioned, and I want to go back to Instagram for a second. You mentioned in a post on February 16th, you were headed out of town. Your husband needed help with the three kids. And you said, you can't carry it all. Find a tribe. I grew up with a tribe. I thought that was the norm. And then you're out on your own. It's like, oh my God. Nope. Where's everybody's support group here? We don't have it. And that's the thing. Like American mothers are trying to carry it all. We're trying to do it all. And we don't ask for help. We feel like we have to wear this mommy martyr badge, like it's some badge of honor if we do it all, if we carry it all. Mm -hmm. And that's not healthy. It's not good for us. It's not good for our kids. And it's not the global norm. Like globally, first of all, globally, moms don't really have mob guilt. They're working because they have to, and they take a great amount of pride. Maybe it's the Lebanese culture, but you know, that hardworking, I take a great amount of pride in working um, and helping to provide for the family. But there's that interdependence, the community steps up, society steps up, policymakers Mm -hmm. step up, and there's an attitudinal shift in other countries that, you know, these are, I am my brother's keeper. These are my children. It's part of my responsibility to help raise these kids because they're either our greatest natural resource in the future of our country or they're not. Here in America, it's like, oh, your kid, your problem. Your kid, your problem. And I'm like, yes. uh, yeah, yeah, but if, if it's not for my kid, you're not going to have a workforce. So start celebrating. Start start celebrating what not only what I uniquely bring to the table, but start celebrating what we're doing. Because without mothers, without fathers, without families, we do not have a country. The way a nation treats its families and its mothers in the workplace is an indicator of the health of a nation. And I firmly believe literally almost every major issue we have in our country can be traced back to two things how we devalue families, and how we treat mothers in the workplace. Right, right. We're talking with Paula Ferris. So back to my original question, how do you change that Mm -hmm. in society? How do you change that in today's businesses? Well, I want to tag along that and see, do you think that the work from home boom that came with the pandemic Mm -hmm. helps in this situation? Because it does give mothers the flexibility to pick up a child, Mm -hmm. to go to wherever they have to go, but still produce results. Yeah. And I think that's where it is like you're you're with families. If you take care of families in the workplace, it is proven that mothers and fathers are not only the most productive employee, but we're the most loyal. And look, the companies that don't listen to this, the companies that don't listen to their employees and employees are overwhelmingly, unequivocally, not just parents, they're saying, I want flexible work options. Mm -hmm. 95% of employees want flexible work options. 70% plus percent want hybrid location. That's an overwhelming majority. Companies that don't listen to what their employees are saying are going to get left in the dust. There's going to be a retention and hiring crisis. And um, four-day work weeks, we've seen those pilot programs produce incredible transformative results where the the employees are more productive. But here's the thing, companies, it's like even if you're not doing it for the moral reason, do it for the bottom line of your company. retention and turnover is the greatest cost of doing business. And if you want a productive employee, an efficient employee, Mm -hmm. a visionary, someone who's courageous, someone who has empathy and compassion and who can lead like no other, 
guess what? Parenthood is a masterclass in that. Hire a parent. They are loyal, they are productive, and they are the ideal employee. And it is good for your bottom line. And it is good for the economy. And yes, it's also the right thing to do. I have a buddy that owns a business and he hires mothers who have Mm -hmm. kids in grammar school and he knows Mm -hmm. they're going to work so hard during the day, but at three o'clock or 2.30, they're going to go pick up their kids. He's fine with it because he knows they're going to work harder than the average employee from 8.30 until 2.30. Yep. it's And that's be, like, scientifically, we have become more efficient once we have kids. You give us five minutes, we can get dinner on the table and take a quick shower. It's bits, pits, all the stuff we have to do. <laughs> I, right? I've said all, it a thousand times. If I need something that needs to be done, I'm finding a working mother that has children because she's going to get it done. She's going to find so, time. So I, I always say that. Then. Yes. But explain to me then how we've been miscast. I How we've been I miscast? Know. Why are we treated like a risk and a liability? Why do they think we're counting Cheerios? Why do they think I, we're not committed? I don't know, but I do know that we have to take a quick break. We're talking with Paula Ferris. Paula, when we come back, I want you to go through the steps in your book, the plan to not carry it all if you're a working mother. More with Paula on the way. More of the Pete McMurray Show next. Now back to the Pete McMurray Show. Here's Pete and Lisa. <laughs> Our guest is Paula Ferris. Her book is You Don't Have to Carry It All. In your book, Paula, you talk about a plan for working moms to not carry it all. Can you give us some examples? Yeah, for sure. So I kind of nerded out with this book and it's it's like a mix of research it's a mix That's of research great. and history i interviewed scholars and experts and theologians and historians and sociologists to figure out like how do we get to this point right like why is it so freaking hard to be a, a, a mother and a working mom in america more so than anywhere else in the country we know globally other countries are dealing with like poverty and famine and war right it is so hard to be a mom here in america so i think Look, it's there's a lot that goes into it. We need a societal shift that um, that no longer can it be your kid, your problem. We have, need a societal shift that actually supports families and sees the value in it, right? We need policy shifts and cultural shifts. But I think the most important things that we can do as moms is help one another out and decide that we're not going to carry it all anymore. We're just going to turn in that mommy martyr badge and say, I can't carry it all. I'm asking for help. It is not a sign of weakness. It is not a sign of failure. I am going to be dependent on other people to help raise my children. I'm going to also be that help to somebody else. We're so scared to ask for help. We're so scared that we're going to look like we're weak or we're a failure or we're imperfect. And guess what? We are. We are imperfect. Mm. <laughs> drop the perfectionism mm-hmm. and realize you're going to drop balls every single day. Every single day, those glass ones will shatter. The plastic ones will bounce. So drop the plastic balls and just expect you're going to do that. But find your tribe. Decide, I am not going to carry it all anymore. Mm-hmm. That mommy martyr badge, I just turned it in. Can not carrying it all look like, I don't need to make homemade cupcakes to bring to school. I can yeah, go to the it store. can. Uh huh. I don't oh need gosh. to make an extreme birthday party. We can go to the park. Yep. I don't need to fold my husband's clothes and lay out or pack for his vacation. I can turn to him and say, "Do it yourself." I can assign Absolutely. chores to my kids, appropriate to my children, yes. things yes. that they can handle. Yep. And accept the fact that maybe they don't fold a towel as well as mom does, and that's okay. And you might have to help out at the end, but you're mm-hmm. still taking it off of your plate and yep. sharing. 
Absolutely. And it's like you read the book, honestly, like inviting your kids into the conversation, letting them do chores, real, you know, telling them who's boss, right? Letting your kids deal with frustration, inviting your your spouse or your partner into the conversation and just say, I'm not going to do all of this anymore, but inviting everyone in and then asking for help. And look, it's not a dirty, like if you need to, if you have the means to hire somebody do it it's like almost a dirty word to outsource yeah. and a lot of people can't do it so if i if you can't do it then find somebody mm-hmm. that you can do life with and clean their house and they clean yours you know there's like this beautiful interdependence upon one another and if you don't have that community find a facebook group create your own facebook yes. group be that help to somebody else call them up and say hey i'm going to come over and i'm going to just bring dinner for you tonight Uh, Back to the tribe for a second. I have 11 siblings and none of them live around where I live. So we have Mm -hmm. two other families that we count on. Pick up kids. If you need food in a pinch, you need us to run over somewhere and pick up somebody. We're there. So Mm -hmm. we have our tribe. And I want to say that they've been in our lives for the last 15 years. I don't know what we would have done without them. Yeah. And and that's the thing. You might not have family around. I mean, you have a thousand brothers and sisters, yet none of them are around you, but you have created a family. And often our friends can be closer than our family. So create that tribe. And again, if you don't have it, find it, create it, be that to somebody, be the initiator to say, I'm going to bring dinner or I'm going to take your kid. I'm going to pick your kid up from carpool. I'm going to take them to sports practice. Yep and create this beautiful interdependence on one another where they actually become offended when you don't ask for help. Right. Right. How but I think so, so it's, many it's people so hard though. Isn't it hard Lisa help, to ask though. for help? It's hard to ask for help, but I yes. also, well, and that's a whole other thing. I think mothers mm-hmm. in this country are expected to be perfect. Yeah. You know, we're expected from, to carry it all. To, you have to deliver your baby a certain way. You have to feed it a certain way. You mm-hmm. have to wear, put the right clothes on it or you're a bad mom or you're mm-hmm. not a mom. And that pressure just, builds and builds and builds but getting to the point of your tribe i just keep mm. thinking about when someone is cancer when someone dies what does everyone in your circle oh do? yeah they yep. the meal trains yep. mm-hmm. they rally so why don't we all think as a society instead of waiting for the tragedy why mm. don't we support each other now so good and really if you can lean on someone in your darkest moment why can't you lean on them in like a semi-dark moment yep exactly and you realize like the power of community when it comes together it's like why do i only see everybody at funerals and weddings right yeah yes it, that's so good by the way there's a whole chapter dedicated to the mommy wars the stay-at-homes oh, versus horrible. the working moms. Oh, it's, it's, it's it's awful. It's, it's so crazy. tough. Like, and we have to realize if we're fair game in corporate america and society it's because we are our worst enemies to one another. We, yeah. we have been pitted against one another. Mm-hmm. We have to be careful how we talk about one another. I don't call them stay-at-homes. I call them slay-at-homes, you know, slay-at-home moms. <laughs> Just for the record, to you wrap this dad. up, I do the laundry. I do the dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, I take my son to school because I have more flexibility being in radio compared to my wife. But also you are the the son of a mother who worked. Yes. And that's proven that sons of mothers who work are really great partners and involved and carry their fair share in the home and they're incredible fathers. And so kudos to you. And I was one of twelve. I was a scrapper back in the day. So you just had to fend for yourself. Your mom probably didn't even know your name. She's like, (laughs) Who are you? I named after my mother's OBGYN, Doc Pete. So she that is ran the out honest of names by then. She that is the honest to God the truth. Dude in the room. Are you kidding me? You were named after the Dr. Dr. No, Peter Corey. 
my godfather, and he delivered all 12 children. And number six, which is me, was named after my mother's OBGYN. That is tragic and fun. The name of her book is You Don't Have to Carry It All. It is Paula Ferris. We love you. Thanks. And it's so great to see your face. (laughs) Love love you, Pete. (laughs) More of the Pete McMurray Show next.